Focus Football is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways that you could save. It's our final podcast, at least for the month of March. We have four people, a full boat in this. Is this new or an old studio? It's a it's a very old studio. This was like one of the original Mike and Mike That's studios what I'm being back told. in the like, day. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've been this in the ESPN be, yeah, long Colin enough. Yeah, studio. Yeah, long, really? long mm-hmm. time ago. It's Not funny, the ones that everyone remembers from like radio, but like the 15 years ago, Colin Coward, Mike and Mike studio. But ESPN is a big campus, and there are some corners of campus that like I don't I didn't even know existed mm-hmm. until I actually stepped foot in there. I've walked past this studio no less than 1,000 times in my ESPN (laughs) career and never realized it was actually radio. I thought it was like a storage space. And yet, here we are in like a pretty sweet radio studio. Hello, Mike Clay. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty well. Um, I think that... I've done, uh, you know, all the off-season shows so far. They've all been in a different studio. So we're just kind of making our, our way around. We're touring <laughs> campus. Yeah. The fantasy focus is on the road. We, we just, are. Uh, we are. Studio uh, a, uh, we're a journey. That's right. We are doing it on a journey. Yeah, that's right. Hello there. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, Field. Thanks for asking. So I have a question for you. I want more, I want more Kinley videos in my life. Ooh, That's yeah, it. Really you know, the last one, yeah. I don't know if you kids saw it, but Kinley was waving to her daddy on TV and saying hi. Oh, hi. That's adorable. We've and Meanfield was not answering her. He was I talking know. NFL draft. Wow. <laughs> They're too busy talking about, like, you know, quarterbacks or something, which I have. we're going to be discussing on the show here today. I so heard that, Daniel. So when you try to speak yeah. back, I, I hear that too. That. Even so, though yeah. it comes in, I was trying to talk to Jackson. Yeah. No big deal. We're we're still figuring out this new studio space. So we've got a lot to get to on the show today. What we're going to do is we're going to discuss one very particularly notable piece of news, but also some of these first round or at least likely first round quarterbacks and spots that might make some sense for them, what kind of prospects they are, what a team might be getting, and just some NFL draft stuff as we are now just under one month from the 2023 NFL draft kicking off. But... Daniel, you had a point at me like you wanted really, to say something. Well, no, I just want to start with that notable piece of news, which is obviously my mother coming running into the room screaming, saying, Daniel, Daniel, why are Mike Clay's nipples on social media? Daniel, look at this. She went around the house. And in case you guys don't know this, Mike Clay started a new workout routine. I did. Post, posted Lift a more. photo. Yep, Joel Freeman. It's my guy. Yeah. So, posted a photo of himself on Instagram. Yeah. Shirtless. Shirtless. Very shirtless. Taking a chapter out of the Daniel Dot playbook. Yeah, yes, you <laughs> did. I mean, if you do. Yeah. A little hairier than the Daniel Dot playbook, but no yeah. big deal. Look, man. Like, t- tell us more Less about art, this. more Mama hair. Dot went I'm around <laughs> the entire house and showed everyone that photo, so I just want you to know that more people saw it than wanted to see it, just for the record. Uh, I, look, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm starting a new workout here. Yep. This is day one, and I'm trying to, you know, just well, keep myself on. Going on, on day one. I, well, well that, was, that was after. That was the, when the pump was there. That was oh, after day one, yeah. right? After the pump. After the pump. pump. Yeah. But that just gives me more incentive. I have to look better than that in eight weeks. When so I'm does in the that program, mean you're right? going to be so posting a new picture like every day? No, 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 no. In eight weeks. Eight weeks. Okay. <laughs> the only, look, if you want to follow me on social, it's just like once every eight weeks or so. Unfollow when I start a new once program. every eight weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Just follow like eight weeks from yesterday. Unfollow for a couple days just to play it safe. Yeah. Didn't I just follow. start following you on Instagram? Yeah. I thought you deleted your you're account. Copying, you just blocked me. You're copying my workout posts, right? Do you want to? Should we post uh, side by side? You want to come to my boxing class? Uh, let's go. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. 
No, I'm not doing cardio. I'm just lifting weights. <laughs> upper body, skip leg day, just all upper body. Yeah, I told Mike on That's Instagram, what you do, right? he is the Austin Eckler of fantasy analysts. That's... He is jacked. Do you that have that much, much hair? Sure. No, my, my chest does not grow that much hair either. I don't, have, I don't know. I, how I don't do have any chest hair. Do you do, do, you, do, you do I tr- something? I trim too. So. Do you? Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> a problem. Wow. You know what? Where's the buzzer? All right, let's talk football because as if this show were not already off the rails, it is officially off the rails after that comment. But there is some very, very big news uh, mon- <clears throat> Monday, right? Yes. It's Tuesday now. Yes. Yes. All right. So on know. Monday, <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> on Monday, Ravens, for now, quarterback Lamar Jackson posted on social media that he has requested a trade from the team. The request actually took place on March 2nd. So that was 25 days prior to the news becoming public. Let's talk about this. I think the the instant reaction is like, oh, my gosh, this is major news. Then you peel the layers of this onion back a little bit, and you do realize that while Lamar may have requested a trade on March 2nd, that was just around the time in which the Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tag tender on him, which what that means is if an NFL team besides the Ravens wanted to sign Lamar Jackson, they could do so, sign him to an offer sheet, and Lamar could in turn accept that offer sheet And if the Ravens matched it, they would keep Lamar on that contract. If they declined it, that team, whatever, say it was the Colts, would uh, would have to give the Ravens two first-round picks, and they would take over Lamar's contract as constructed from there. So was this big news, Daniel? Or not such big news? Like, it doesn't feel like big news Mm because it feels like we were already at this spot anyways. Mm -hmm. We already knew that teams were going to have to give up two first-round picks. We already knew that if another team wanted him, they were basically going to have to create this salary as well as well as getting up those two picks. And when that happens, the Ravens would still have a chance to match. So I don't really know what's changed other than Lamar doing this publicly in the middle of when Harbaugh was doing his press conference at mm-hmm. the owners' meeting. Agree 100%. Exactly what I was going to say. Yes. I don't think... <laughs> I love it. We're on, the same, we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, I just don't think it moves the needle much. Maybe, maybe instead of... 60% chance he's traded, maybe at 65, right? Like, it just, it doesn't move the needle much. And we just have to see how it plays out before we really can dive into the fantasy implications, because it will. I mean, Lamar Jackson will influence an offense. It'll influence Baltimore if he leaves substantially. It could mean a of lot course, more pass yeah. attempts and, and vice versa. So, yeah. um, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out. Any other thoughts there, Stefania, on Lamar Jackson requesting a trade? No, nope, I think you guys covered it. Yeah, the other thing is just like, people are saying like, oh, wow, like this opens the door to teams calling to Baltimore and negotiate mm-hmm. with them. Like, NFL teams have known exactly. for a yeah, while they open. can make a call to Baltimore because, yeah. and this is getting into the weeds and the minutia, which is important a lot of times during this portion of the year because, <clears throat> excuse me, even if Lamar hadn't requested a trade, I'm going to use the Colts again as a hypothetical, they had the right to not just try to sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet, but also to negotiate a trade with the Baltimore Ravens because mm-hmm. If you're Indianapolis, the risk that you run in signing Lamar to an offer sheet is that you're basically negotiating the contract for Baltimore, for Baltimore as opposed to yourself. So the door that you're more likely to knock on before the offer sheet is, all right, Baltimore, let's talk through this. We'll give you our first-round pick this year and our first-round pick next year. If we do that, will you agree to let us acquire Lamar Jackson and freely mm-hmm, negotiate mm-hmm. a contract and have zero risk of you guys matching it? And if the answer is no, okay, well, then you probably feel like there's no hope no matter what, right? But we have seen players on the franchise tag change teams before, and it has been more likely to be a player where 
the terms are not those two first-round picks. It's less than that, but you don't have to worry about the offer sheet being matched by the team that placed the tag on the player. So I get it. It feels like a headline, and it moved the needle. I was in the middle of a TV day yesterday, and it was like the football world had been turned upside down. Guys, I still think that Lamar Jackson lacks something very important right now. Leverage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lamar lacks leverage. Like, his leverage over the Ravens right now is not playing. The problem with not playing is if you don't play, you don't get paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's obviously a huge mm-hmm. portion of this right now is he wants Mike to be paid like Deshaun Watson or one of the very best quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, and also uh, as a result, you know, partially a result of that, there's not a huge market right now, and it kind of makes sense, right? You think about the teams that need quarterbacks like Carolina at one, Houston at two, Indy at four. Do you really give up that pick? Another first round pick, pay him all that money. And that money. And, you know, give up a potential franchise quarterback that you'd be pay- taking with that pick, of course, uh, to bring in Lamar Jackson, who's missed a lot of time, who's going to cost you a lot of money, he's cost you another first. I-, I-, I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. There's only- I mean, you can make the case like this is a-, a certified star player in the league. Let's go get him. There's no two ways about it. But he is. One, of the- one of these guys is going to be younger, cheaper. It just, I, it felt- I don't know. It's- yeah. there's, not- there's not a huge market. There were it makes two-, sense. two things that I took away from yesterday. One was we got. We, we, it was made clear that Lamar wants out. That that was clear. And that was the first time we heard from him really definitively. So to me, that was all the change because you're right. Nothing about the leverage did. Uh, and the other is just timing. Timing for some of these, whether it's trades or, you know, draft classes. It it all converged to be bad timing for Lamar, which contributes to the leverage problem. So uh, I don't think much changed, but we sure did talk about it a lot. We sure did, and we sure, and I'm sure we will continue to do so. And the thing is that if your argument changes about whether a team should pursue Lamar Jackson after the news yesterday, it shouldn't. Like, if you're making the case of the commanders, as an example, should pursue mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson because they don't have a shot at one of those top four quarterbacks mm-hmm. most likely in the draft, they should have done it before this news yesterday, right? Like, and I think that the fact that nobody has, at least to our knowledge, made an aggressive run at Lamar Jackson tells you that regardless of what we think should happen, the league views it differently. And the bottom line in acquiring Lamar Jackson, and I will make this point one million times over, is that right now the barrier is it's your pain, double the freight. You are not only trading away what teams yeah. believe to be incredibly invaluable mm-hmm. picks, mm-hmm. probably two first-round picks, but also... You're paying a player, most likely, close to a fully guaranteed contract over four or five seasons that could be worth over $200 million fully guaranteed, which up to this point, there's been just one other contract in NFL history that has been executed like that. That, of course, being the Deshaun Watson deal in Cleveland. And I get it. Fans are frustrated in hearing this. The Browns are no, they're not the baseline. They're the outlier. And business owners are going to rarely use the outlier as the standard. They're going to use the baseline as the standard when they are conducting their practices. They're going to say, Lamar Jackson deserves a fully guaranteed contract because Deshaun Watson has one. Well, how about Josh Allen, who's every bit the player, at least has every bit the credentials or close to it, I should say, for Lamar Jackson. If one of them's better than the other, it's not by much, right? If one of them's worse than the other, it's not by much. Look at Josh Allen's contract. It's got like 40% fully guaranteed, right? So mm-hmm. if other teams have forever had that standard, then I think teams that are looking to acquire Lamar Jackson are saying, why should we give a guy a fully guaranteed contract when Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and all the other quarterbacks don't have fully guaranteed deals? Yeah, and they're younger in a lot of cases and better passers in a, in a lot of cases. Like Lamar Jackson's offenses score points, but 
you know, he's also what, dude, going to be 27 years old. I mean, you're going to give him a four-year fully guaranteed contract after he missed two, the last two years. And kind of a unicorn, too, because how does he age with, you know, carrying the ball 150, 160, 170 times a year? Big question. How's that going to work out yeah. in the next couple of years? Is he going to be, be able to make up for that with his arm? So I understand the hesitation for these teams to go all in he here. He is incredible. We totally he, he really, get it. He is. He, he is, is right he now. Is, he, is a, he has been a unanimous MVP within the first five mm-hmm. seasons mm-hmm. of his career. Like, he is truly remarkable. Mm-hmm. We are not debating that. I just think that sometimes people try to oversimplify the concept of trading for Lamar Jackson by just saying, you'd rather have Lamar Jackson than, or you'd rather have Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett than Lamar Jackson? Of course not. No moron would ever say, no smart person would ever say that. Only a moron would. Mm-hmm. It's that it's a whole different aspect of team building that yeah. is not as simple as which player is more talented. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is a significant cost associated with it. And as Mike and all of us have mentioned, part of the problem is that we are now less than one month from the draft, and you could potentially be getting a player who has franchise caliber upside for a fraction of the cost mm-hmm. if you take him even if you take that player number one overall. So what we're going to do is go through the four quarterbacks. or at least Let's start with uh, the three quarterbacks who have been viewed by many. By the way, before we do that, should we just talk a little bit about what the market might look like early on here, just like team by team, just really quick. Like, uh, sure. You know, Caroline traded up to one. We know they're taking a quarterback, right? Uh, Houston at two, going to take a quarterback. The Colts are at four. That's a team we expect to uh, take one of these guys. Washington at 16, I have Tampa Bay at 19. Those are the the key five for me that I think have the biggest need a quarterback. But there's others, Seattle at five, that could use a you know a long-term option behind yeah, Geno Smith. Know. Raiders. Your Lions at six. The Raiders at seven. The Falcons at eight. Maybe probably they seem like they want to go Desmond Ritter this year. We'll see. And then the Titans at 11 are another one. So that's kind of the long way of saying a lot of teams here that mm-hmm. could be looking at these four quarterbacks. Or if you ask Mike Tannenbaum, five quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, Hendon Hooker uh, went in the first round of his mock. So there's some options here, some young guys, some intriguing prospects that we're about to talk about, but a lot of teams here in the market. All right, so let's start with the player that may be the most well-known amongst the available draft prospects. That's Bryce Young out of Alabama, a guy who had just a remarkable season two years ago. He won the Heisman Trophy this past year. He was great again. Alabama was slightly down, but still a very, very good season for the Crimson Tide. Over the past two years, he has 79 touchdown passes. That including absolutely eviscerating Georgia a couple of seasons ago to the tune of like 405 yards and a touchdown. In Todd McShay's latest mock draft, he's going number one overall to the Panthers. Who wants? To, I'll, I'll turn it to you, Mike, for a prospect profile. Anything else you think is a important must-know for Bryce um, Young as a player? I mean, the big talking point is going to be size, right? He's undersized, 5'10", 204. Um, there have not been a lot of quarterbacks that have been superstar players in the NFL at that size. You hear some comparisons to his to Kyler Murray's build, but Kyler Murray, obviously, a superior athlete, does a lot with his legs. So that's a big question mark, and that's what, you know, other if he was bigger, he'd be the consensus number one, and we'd all have kind of certified that he's yep. going to Carolina. Yeah. We don't know that, but uh, super efficient. You just talked about his touchdown, his production, doesn't turn the ball over. Um, from a fantasy perspective, I, I'm not sure he's going to do a lot with his legs. You know, it's just not something he did. Most of his rushing was scramble related. He didn't scramble a lot in college. That's a little bit of a tiny fantasy nugget that we'll get into down the road. But, uh, by all accounts, size aside, uh, super, uh, a super prospect and has a shot to go 1.1, but that's a question. Does he go there? What do you think? Uh, I do not. I, I do not know. Um, my guess right now, and this is my March twenty eighth guess, mm-hmm. is that CJ Stroud from Ohio State goes number one overall. I th- 
Here's mm-hmm. the but I feel about fifty point one percent confident <laughs> in that. So not very confident. It reminds me of remember this when we went uh, we did an ultrasound at one point uh, when my daughter Kinley was about, I don't know whatever twenty weeks away from being born and we went and asked the nurse we were doing an ultrasound and she she was like hey we were like any idea uh, if this would be a boy or a girl so it must have been earlier in the process than that but before we had the gender known and she was like oh yeah she pointed something she was like yeah, you see that right there and it was something I, I, <laughs> you're like no nope. like, no <laughs> but sure yes of course i see it um she's like yeah it makes me think it's a boy this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. And I was like, okay, like, listen, we're not holding you to this. Like, we totally get it. And I was like, but I'm just curious, like, how confident are you that you're, that this is actually going to be a boy? She was like, about 50%. And I was like, well, wow. so why? Wow. So, wow. yeah, okay. So, all right. So, it so that, to be a But girl. you had a girl. Did you sue? Uh, yes, I did. Yes. No, of course not. Uh, right, but, yes, good story, I feel actually. about 50.1% that it'll be CJ Stroud, which is another way of saying I have absolutely no idea. It could. I'm going to go with Bryce Stroud for my answer now yeah, going there forward. You go. CJ yeah. Younger, Bryce Stroud be the number one overall Well, again, we, we talked about this before the show. Last year at this time, a lot of people's mock drafts included uh, Malik, Malik Willis. Willis as a, yeah, yeah, the first totally, few picks. Yeah. Matt Corral was up there. Who else was there? Sam Howell. Like all these guys were first round picks and then they until they plummeted to yes. day three uh, day three in a lot of cases so let's Desmond do a dream Ritter. spot then for these players and i'll let you guys start dan you up first what's the dream spot for bryce young in your opinion i have the houston texans and a lot of that in all honesty is because i want cj stroud to go number one overall to the panthers okay. and i what i don't want is for bryce young to go to the colts i think they have an awful blocking line i think that for for me i would rather have him be in houston and be able to be a part of that rebuild there i really love the idea that houston also even though spoiler alert we're going to talk about some of the wide receivers a little later on. Uh, this Texans team, they have two really early picks, and there I think there's at least a chance if they go with an early quarterback here, maybe they look at the wide receiver position to be able to help give them another option with everything that they added. And they've still got Nico Collins. They obviously added Devin Singletary, mm-hmm. um, Damian Pierce, and then they added Dalton Schultz as Robert well. Robert Woods, yep. So. Don't forget John Mechie. That's Who right. He played with him mm-hmm. in Alabama. John Mechie coming back from head cancer last year. You may recall that you know he had been drafted by the Texans. They absolutely love him love him as a person love his talent and remember when the draft was happening people were talking everybody was paying attention to jameson williams but there's a lot of chatter about john mechie as well um alabama produces so many stars sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to keep track um john mechie will be there and he and bryce young could be reunited i like the landing spot for bryce young potentially at the texans for the same reason i would mm-hmm. like to see that happen same boat. I, I have him at two as well okay. for now i'm going with strata one him at two i we could play the dream landing spot game for these guys, but I mean, really, it's just like 
if you have a team, if you have a fit that you think's the best in terms of the personnel around them, like that's where you want all these guys to go, yeah. right? Like, right? You right. just got dream landing. It's like a real dream. Sense. I think, for, especially for these first two, it's yeah. hard to say that they're going to go to the Chiefs with Andy Reid. Right, 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 right. I took dream spot as sort of realistic within what are the possibilities. Yeah, seems like Bryce Young again. If we were to bet right now, he is you know basically even odds to go number one overall, but maybe it's like whatever, slightly below plus one oh two to go number one overall with C.J. Stroud as a minus 103 to go number one overall. That brings us to C.J. Stroud, who uh, over the past two seasons was the Ohio State starter. This past year, 41 touchdown passes, six picks, 9.5 yards per pass. Uh, This team did not have its two first-round picks from last year at wide receiver and Chris Olave and also Garrett Wilson. Instead, they had for a very, 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 very short period of time, future number one, uh, future first-round pick, Jackson Smith and Jigba, but he missed much of the season due to a hamstring or groin injury. But they had the guy who might might end up being the best out of all these recent Ohio State wide receivers, mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yes, his father is Marvin Harrison Sr., the Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, Stroud over the past two seasons has exactly zero rushing touchdowns, but a better athlete than that number would suggest. Uh, in Todd McShay's most recent mock draft, he had him going number two overall to the Texans. So, I'm assuming that if everybody here voted for uh, Bryce Young's dream spot being the Houston Texans, that uh, C.J. Stroud presumably going to the Carolina Number Panthers. one overall, yeah, for me, mm-hmm. Carolina. Anything to add there, Mike, really? I mean, we just... No, I mean... I uh, think we all kind of see this one the same way. Yeah, and super efficient as well, a lot like Bryce Young, but he's bigger, right? He actually checks the, the size box. But I led this class, actually, you think about, you know, Young and these other quarterbacks in this class. He actually led in completion percentage, yards per attempt, catchable pass rate, quarterback rating, total QBR. I mean... Any any six three two fourteen has a good. I mean, he checks all the boxes, so it makes sense why he would jump young and be that first overall pick. I'm with you though. Um, I see him as finding his way to uh, to Carolina with that first pick. They they work to do around him for sure. That's the case for a lot of these teams picking early on. It's funny they got a lot of name value right now amongst those pass catchers and like you know guys they've added this offseason. I'm not sure that they have like a real like star amongst them, right? Yeah. I mean, DJ, like, yeah, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, uh, they Hayden Hurst, right? Yeah, also like guys that have names, missed a lot right? of time too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's like you know this huge signing of DJ Chark who got five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's um, listen, I'd, I'd love to make five million bucks in a year, right? But like if you look at the wide receiver market, like he got like forty percent of a Jacoby Myers, mm-hmm. right? Like on a per on a per year basis, mm-hmm. not the Jacoby and, and like. Kobe's a solid player, right? But we're not talking about, like, if, if it was a one-year $20 million deal with DJ Chark, I'd be like, oh, okay, this guy is mm-hmm. a real deal. But, like, a good player, no doubt. But yeah. I don't think they have – it's not like whoever the quarterback is for the Panthers next year, I'm going to say, like, that guy's got a top-10 group of weapons around him. The best asset he has around him is the coaching staff and an offensive line that returns all five players, all five starters from last year. So I'm really curious about who blends the best with Frank Reich. I mean – that's that's sort of an. Uh, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, that's an interesting prospect yeah. to me. No. Well, funny part, no, no, I don't. The funny part I keep hearing. This is the part that I wish we could like r- remove from the from the discourse about these prospects. And everybody says, yeah, you know, if you look at Frank Reich's history with quarterbacks, he's traditionally preferred bigger quarterbacks. He hasn't really had a player like mm. Bryce Young yet because we've never had a quarterback like Bryce Young right. in the consideration for the first overall pick. I know people will say Kyler and Mike mentioned this earlier. Like, first of all, Kyler is like a fire hydrant, right? Like Kyler Murray was like probably like lost weight to get to 210. Kyler Murray is thick as mm-hmm. he is like, he's a baseball player, right? Like he's got he, he is I know he he has some body armor on him, right? Bryce Young, if you saw him in person, I'm you know, I, I spent time with Bryce Young at the Super Bowl brief very I mean I met him at the Super Bowl, I should say. He looks like me. 
right? And I'm not saying like we have anything else in common besides that, but like a, like a very modest sized human. So comparing, saying like Frank Reich has preferred guys that are more like Carson Wentz. That's not what I was saying though. No, no, I know you weren't saying oh, okay. that. I'm just saying that's something that people keep talking about with Frank Reich and the Panthers is that like, yeah, most NFL quarterbacks are like 6'4 and above or at least 6'3 and like 225 pounds or more. So, yeah, yeah generally speaking, if your population is largely made up of those kind of players, a coach is going to prefer that kind of player. But as far as like who meshes the best with Frank Reich, I don't know. I mean, to me, I'm sure that I imagine I haven't sat in the room before with a coach and a GM talking, but we've seen problems with people trying to put square pegs in round holes. I mean, look at the Denver experiment between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson Jr. Uh, Russell Wilson Jr. I don't know where I added the junior. He got demoted. Marvin Harrison Jr. I think is why. (laughs) But but, but, you know what I mean? Like system versus type. Now, granted, Russell Wilson already established this is, you know, you're molting young talent here, but. I would think if you're going to make an investment and you're starting from scratch and at this stage of his career, Frank Reich has certainly worked with enough quarterbacks and helped enough with quarterback development that he probably has a good sense of how he can shape a quarterback within an offense that he's trying to run. And I would think that that would have something to do with it besides just all the attributes and the measurables that we look at. I just, you know, at this point, I, I don't have a great uh, deciding factor on who the Panthers will take other than what's been reported. And it seems like it's down to one of those two players with the slightest of leans, the CJ Stroud. So let's go to Will Levis from Kentucky, actually from nearby Middletown, Connecticut. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, started his career at Penn State, uh, then transferred to Kentucky, played multiple seasons there. He was awesome in 2021 when they had Wondell Robinson. They had Darian Kennard, a fifth round pick of the Chiefs at right tackle. They had... Liam Cohn, who left after last year to go be the Rams offensive coordinator. He's back at, at Kentucky now after the Rick Scangarello, Rich Scangarello experiment failed drastically in who Kentucky. Who did Will Levis have this season? Like as a non-college football watcher, knowing yeah. that he's from Kentucky, did he have anybody like worthwhile, notable that's going to be in this draft? That- like his, not, no, not, he's got, there's a there's a running back uh, who, who, who will probably be drafted from Kentucky, okay. but not anywhere close to the supporting mm-hmm. cast he had a year ago. It's why, in some ways, the parallels have been drawn to Josh Allen. Yes, who, I was going to say that. His second-to-last season at, at Wyoming, understanding <laughs> that these guys are not all-stars, right? But, like, his second-to-last season at Wyoming, he had the Hollister twins, both who made the NFL. I believe both of them actually are still in the NFL, like, five Cody years and, later. Uh, Cody and... and the uh, tight end. Jacob. Jacob, Jacob yeah. and Cody Hollister. He had Tanner Gentry, a wide receiver, who continues mm-hmm. to bounce around practice squads. I get it. It's practice squad level players in some cases, but still, like for Wyoming, they don't necessarily always produce practice squad level players. So, uh, and he, after that, he had a much weaker supporting cast, and he really struggled with his final season at Wyoming, and people are like, this guy has bust written all over him. Apparently not. He's one of the best players in the mm-hmm. NFL. Uh, Josh is a better that. athlete. Oh, come on. I said that. That was me. Did. You said bust uh, people all over him. But let's talk about yes, dream spots for uh, Will Levis. And I'll go to you first then, Mike. Uh, he In the most recent mock draft uh, by Todd McShay, he had him going to the Raiders at seven. I can't recall whether that was before or after Jimmy G signed. But mm-hmm. still, you can make the case, as you noted earlier, that maybe you should have a quarterback penciled into the Raiders at number seven. Yeah, you could. Um, I actually went with Washington here in a trade-up just because I there's kind of a list of four teams I want to get a quarterback. I think you could throw a Tampa in there, but I have Carolina, Houston, Indy, and Washington as kind of the big four that should be after a quarterback here. And um, so if they trade up, I mean, I, th- I think that they have a good support system around. Like their offensive line was is okay, and they've added a lot of pieces this offseason, but we love their trio at wide receiver, obviously, right? Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Josh uh, I, I almost said Josh Doxson, Jahan Dotson. <laughs> Jahan we're gonna, Dotson. Oh, we're going to do that forever. Uh, 
And, uh, of course, Logan Thomas, good trio of running backs or duo of running backs now. So I actually like the situation there. If they can get themselves a quarterback and hit on quarterback, I think that would be a pretty good landing spot. I will say this about Levis. Uh, he, he's the biggest quarterback for sure, but he's also the oldest. He's going to be 24 years old to start this season. That's notable. Uh, we know he has a huge arm. His accuracy, like at the college level, wasn't good, but I watched him at the combine. I thought he looked pretty good. I was actually kind of impressed with him. And to your point, your comp with Josh Allen, he didn't run a lot last year because he was not healthy. The year before, he ran a lot. Like he has the he has athleticism. So this Nine is almost touchdowns two years. He's a yeah. he's going to be a sneaky fantasy quarterback for sure. I think anything right away. To, yeah, anything to add on the on the uh, injuries? Fine. It was a foot injury. He had all kinds of stuff this past year. It's been a uh, it's been a process, but that foot was the biggest one. During yeah, the and process. I, I think um, that he's answered the questions satisfactorily for everybody right now. I, I don't think there's mm-hmm. anything that's going to limit him or his draft prospects. I. Um, I actually have him going to the Colts. That's my mm-hmm. feelings that the Colts won't have to move far to be able to get him. If they even need to do that, they can trade up. With, they can, you know, bargain with Arizona. But um, I feel like he's a fit. And Jim Ursay's comments in light of the Lamar Jackson news yesterday, talking about how they definitely want a quarterback, but he gave all the reasons why they don't want an older quarterback, why they want someone. Who's <laughs> the last few years is that the reason? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen. It, it, there's a lot we could say about the comments that Jim Irsay makes, but I thought his very definitive talk at the owners' meetings about wanting to invest around a young quarterback, blah, 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 sort of made the case. And I thought, who feels to me like they would mm-hmm. fit there and in Indy? Uh, Shane Steichen, you know, let's see what happens there. Yeah. I think uh, I think that could be an interesting spot for him. Yeah, I'm yeah, very you know? curious to see. Sorry, I just, want, I just want to point out, like, I'm very curious to see if the Colts do hit on quarterback because I continue to scratch my head over what they're doing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like I, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand this offseason. They left more talent leave, including Bobby Okereke. They lost. Um, they traded Stephon Gilmore, Gilmore away, and they had yeah. cap space. And they're giving away good players. Their big signing was Samson. Samson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like uh, Paris Campbell's gone. Like yeah. they're not, they're not keeping their talent. They're not bringing in talent. They're I, I most like I, I like Chris Ballard. Right? I was a fan of him when he came in and took over, and I was really excited about their future. And it hasn't worked out. They're just. I don't know. I, I'm not, you know, we'll, we'll see if they turn around. I think they're going to need a quarterback to do it because I'm not impressed with the roster right now. I Except for Alec Pierce, brother of Caden Pierce, freshman, Ivy League rookie of the year on the prison basketball team. Just had to work that into that, the conversation. Well, then scrap so. everything I said. <laughs> also, we all love the, I love the, the Colts pass catchers because they're all behemoths. Like Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman, Jelani Woods, like all they are is just mm-hmm. like monsters. Yeah. People, yeah. Molly Cox. So yeah. like, you know, they got some really big targets there. I want to see him. If I had to pick a place, it would have been Seattle. I'd love to be able to see somebody go and I, I don't know as though whether or not I believe that Geno Smith is going to be a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years for this Seattle team. So for him to be able to help groom Will Levis, that big arm for a guy like Tyler Lockett, although I know he is getting older, mm-hmm. and DK Metcalf, I just think it would be fun. I just really didn't want to see him go to the Colts. I do have one question, though. It's very obvious in this quarterback class that Anthony Richardson is the one from a fantasy perspective that's going to give deliver the most rushing upside. Mm. From these next three guys, if you don't know these quarterbacks, who is the next? Like, which one of these next quarterbacks will use their legs the most? 
Uh, like behind level. Richardson? Yeah, I, I would Richardson. say Levis. Stroud is a pocket quarterback for sure. He does. He barely runs at all. I mean, yeah, I know you said he's talk. You know, at Ohio yeah. State, that like he's maybe first of all, like he needed to crank it up as a rusher more. Um, he did so during his final game that was against Georgia. Mm-hmm. When you're a college quarterback and you have a great offensive line and great receivers and you're winning consistently, there's questions about whether you should be you putting your to. body on the line. Yeah. I think that we could see some changes in that regard from C.J. Stroud, but. I'm glad you mentioned Anthony Richardson, Daniel, because we would be remiss not to quickly mention him. I mean, he's from Florida. He is the freakiest quarterback app that we have seen in quite some time. Had the combine record for quarterbacks in both the broad and the vertical jump. He ran a 4.46 at 240-some pounds. I mean, he is he's, he's in the same breadth athletically as Cam Newton. Now, Cam Newton absolutely dominated his season at Auburn, one of the greatest college football seasons you will ever see. Mm -hmm. Anybody who watched Florida football this past year will tell you there is no way the quarterback they saw is a first-round pick. He's going to end up being a first-round pick because the goods for Anthony Richardson are so good. It's just that you're going to have to deal with a developmental upside for him. He's got just 13 starts in his career. He completed 52.9% of his passes this past year. This is not a finished product. You may have to be patient, which is why a team like Seattle or Detroit is the perfect landing spot for Anthony Richardson because they have entrenched starters that whether it's one more year of Geno Smith, two more years of Geno Smith, same thing for Jared Goff, you could give Anthony Richardson the requisite runway it's going to take because if he gets put in somewhere too early, it could be a problem. Yeah, I hear you, but here's my take. I don't think either one of them teams will take a quarterback in, in those spots in the top 10. And the oh, re- totally uh, Detroit agree. and Seattle. Yeah. Because first of all, they They're have guys good. there. They, they have veterans. Fill other gaps. And and got quarterbacks drafted that early play like right away, mm-hmm. like sometimes like yeah. week one or week four. It's almost always the case. Like you have to get to late first round to find like a Mahomes that waits here, Jordan Love who didn't play in his first year. There are so few and far between. And and by the way, even if that's the plan, like Geno Smith throws one pick or they lose or he has a one touchdown, three interception. And the fans start losing their mind. It's in the media and then there's pressure and it never works out. Like they, they throw the guy in there, they have a bad year and then the next year it's off and running. So I just don't think either. And there's enough other teams that need quarterbacks that just brought in like your Andy Dalton's and your sure. Case Keenum holdovers. I think those are the teams that go get the quarterbacks this year. I don't think it'll be Seattle or Detroit. Let's rip through a few players that I think actually have some real fantasy value right away because I'm not sure that any of these four quarterbacks, it all depends on what where they actually get drafted. I'm not sure any of them are top 20 considerations no. if they land in the spots that we think they might land. But there is a player that has a chance to be the next great immediate fantasy football superstar, and that's Bijan Robinson, who we can debate the merits of whether you should be taking mm-hmm. a running back in the first round of the NFL draft. I he's do going there. Bill Mike, he's going <laughs> in the first round, and it could be very high. Many have said he is the best running back prospects on Saquon Barkley, who lit the fantasy world on fire as a rookie. How high is the ceiling here for Bijan Robinson? Yeah, it's super high. I already have him at RB7, not in Dynasty, for 2023 season-long drafts, yeah, and that's without a landing yet. spot, right? He's, he's an RB1. I'm not, right. I'm, not, I'm not saying I disagree. Like That's just crazy how talented he is. Yeah, he is super talented. He's going to play in every down. He's big. He's fat. What is he? Two, 215, uh, super fast. His efficiency metrics in college were off the charts great. Um, big time in the passing yeah, game as well. He could do it all. He's going to step right in, much like Najee Harris a couple of years ago. He, you know, he, We didn't have a guy like that, really, that stepped into a role like that last year. But, uh, but He's a different level of athlete Robinson. Najee Harris. Yeah, he is, but he's going to step into that, well, that role. role. I mean, what Harris led, yeah. Harris led all running backs and touches, I think, as a rookie. Right. It would not shock me at all if Robinson does that here out of the gate. It's a massive, massive opportunity wherever he goes. And the interesting part about Bijan Robinson is that you could tell me he goes in the top 12 picks of the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. And if you're going in the top 12, 
even in a year when so many picks have been traded, you could be going to a team that's just bad and really needs to rely upon you a ton. Or, and I don't believe this will happen, but in a world that is like 1% likely, if you went to the Eagles' 10th overall, even after signing Rashad Penny behind the best offensive line in football, the upside would be absurd there. I know Mike is saying Can I comment on this? Of <laughs> course, we're not going to take a running back in the first round. Yeah. Not 10th overall. It is the anti-Howie Roseman play. I am just saying that because of all the traded picks, there are teams that are picking higher than you'd yes. expect them to be, that he could go somewhere where the offense is already really good, and he would just be the additive mm-hmm. to that offense. Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, just my... So the point here, we were supposed to pick like a dream spot, right? For these mm-hmm. guys, like our dream spot. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, if he landed in Philadelphia, that'd be awesome, right? We would love that. He would have so many goal line opportunities. Uh, you know, it, it would be it would be fantastic. Great offense, high scoring offense. But as a fan, I don't want the Eagles to spend uh, ten, the tenth overall pick on a running back. I just don't want them to. They spend the assets elsewhere. They lost a lot of players in defense. Got I don't want them to. So I'm looking at my sheet here, Daniel Dobbs, yeah. with your dream spot. Yeah. For what does John Robinson and it says uh, it says Philadelphia it redacted. Eagles. It says, it says redacted. Philadelphia Eagles. You want to know why? Because you just said from a fantasy aspect that would be a dream spot, but from a fan oh, aspect, you're not an Eagles you're not fan. Even, okay. I guess I thought this was called fan the fantasy focused football podcast, not the fan focused football podcast. For me, I love the idea of the Eagles getting Bijan Robinson. Stop! 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 Letting Jalen Hurts get You're out here and You're killing Jalen Hurts' fantasy hurt. value right now by putting Bijan Robinson on the team. I do not care. I want Jalen Hurts to last for 15 more years well, in this league. Gonna. And he's going to do a ton more things. I would just love to be able to have someone else, Bijan Robinson, be the guy behind what is an unbelievable he, he offensive line. He can still last that long and be the Jalen Hurts that we've he seen. He's not can. tiny. He's a I never said he was. Boy. I know he is, and he but he he looked pretty good last year. He had he had a bad fall hit on his shoulder when he landed awkwardly. That could happen to any size quarterback. Absolutely, I, I am. I but think why not we are over the blaming the like athletic quarterback. You know, takes too many injuries. That's not that even hit. what I mean. It's just the idea that he, as a guy, like you've got a, a plethora of running backs that you go between within this situation, right? Right now, you got Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott are the two guys that are on the roster. Not Rashad like, Penny. Yeah. Plus Rashad Penny. Plus Rashad Penny. Yeah, he's so, good. So, uh, yeah. And, 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 but they're a committee. When Rashad Penny stays healthy, then you, the Eagles <laughs> will be in a great spot. It's not ideal for fantasy because they're going to, they're, they're going to, no. I, I want Bijan Robinson it. on the field every time, <laughs> all the time. It. So I want him to go somewhere where he's going to be utilized. I all think, right. I think day two pick for, uh, for, I think day two pick a running back for the Eagles. That's, that would be my prediction. But I don't, yeah, I don't think it's Robinson. But to your point, though, you mentioned, you know, maybe later. No, this is a team that was good and made the playoffs last year. Has made the playoffs a lot. Where I have Robinson going, same place I do. They're not good though, but yeah. much like you know, much like some of these other running backs that are taken early on, it's a bad team and they get an opportunity to carry you know, see three, four hundred touches. It's the Buccaneers. Mm. Yeah, that's where I have him Sands. going. Rashad White, Chase Edmonds, that's their big two right now. He nothing. goes there. You guys are crazy. They got nothing, and they it's got a, quarterbacks who need right help. Now. I put him on you know? one of the best running teams in the NFL, and you guys were like, Daniel, you are an idiot. Well, we want him to get goal line opportunities. I feel like the real answer here is just basically any team that doesn't already have, like, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, like yes, anybody Josh doesn't have one right. of those top five running backs right. or top seven running backs is good by me. Anywhere where he can be the obvious starter Correct. and be utilized a ton and a team that says, <laughs> we have a first round pick, it's time for us at running back, let's just like churn them and burn them, mm-hmm. go with the Najee Harris plan, that's good by me. Let's get through a couple others here. And I think the wide receiver class this year is defined by the lack of consensus. If you ask five GMs who their top receiver is on the board, I'm not sure any of them would agree on exactly who that player is. There are a lot of different options. One of them is Quinton Johnston from TCU. Uh, In the most recent Todd McShay draft, he lands at number 14 overall to the Patriots. He has got 
long, long arms. He is a big, big man. Who is your dream spot for Quinton Johnson, Daniel Dobb? I have the Baltimore Ravens. I was looking at between him and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and, and the Ravens just the Ravens utilize the tight ends in the slot too much. Like that's where Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely live, so it just doesn't feel like Jackson Smith and Jigba make sense within that offense. But Quentin Johnson, as a guy who can play out on the outside, on the opposite He's side of Rashad Bateman, he's their type of Vertical receiver. Route runner. Exactly. So it just makes sense for him to sort of be that guy. All this sort of got blown up with all this like yeah. Lamar Jackson. Like even though we already knew all these things, it's like how much is this demand going to change things? But I'm still going to stick Quentin Johnston going to Baltimore because they need a guy to be able to live on the outside. Mm-hmm. They got the slot covered. Well, I just saw this as we're talking here. The NFL owners just to prove that you could wear number zero, as in he'll get zero targets some wow. games when he's on wow. the Ravens because they don't throw the ball enough. So wow. I wouldn't call that a dream spot. A but if you man. look, if you get fantasy points for running routes, great, great fit there. I gave uh, you look. the best running back in this draft. So and you I, continue I, to I come was trying you. to match the pay. You guys, you, I needed the rules of the game before we played it because to me the rules were where is the best fit for the player. So to me it's the dream spot. And ultimately that, you know, some of these guys can be on a perfect situation and still not produce fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Mike, your thoughts on the Yeah, I, I went, uh, you know, I picked a team that actually scores a lot of points, has oh, a lot of offense, wow. has good quarter. I, I went uh, to the Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs, right? They need they need wide receiver help. You have MVS, then you have Canaries, Tony, unproven Sky Moore. It makes sense for them to add an impact wide receiver. This is a big vertical perimeter receiver he fits the you think the he's scheme gonna here. fall to 31 that's a he long could. Fall. well he, could. Yeah, he, could. No, he definitely could there yeah. are definitely some mixed opinions here on all the wide okay. receivers all right quinton johnson we'll see i think he's a first round lock but wouldn't surprise me if it's closer to the back end mm-hmm. jackson smith and jigba from ohio state we talked about him a bit earlier hamstring injury really limited him this past season but the last time we saw him in a full college game he set the bowl game receiving yardage mark he had over 325 receiving yards against Utah so in the Rose Bowl two seasons ago. Just a ridiculous performance. And that was when Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson were still on the roster. I thought I believe both of them had opted out of the bowl game. But still, an amazing player during the 2021 mm-hmm. season. Todd McShay has him going to the Ravens in his most recent mock draft. Daniel, back to you. Where's the dream landing spot for Jackson Smith and Jigba? I have the New England Patriots. I want Mac Jones to have someone to be able to target over there in the slot, be able to have some short targets, keep moving the ball through the ground game like Bill Pelichick likes to do. I don't even know who they have on the outside. They got Devontae Parker. They and got Tyquan Thornton. Thornton. Yeah. And Juju so Smith-Schuster. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. They did just add Juju Smith-Schuster. So, you know, still, I would love to be able to see him just another pers- another weapon in that New England Patriots mm-hmm. personnel to give to Mac Jones. But. Yeah, I went, uh, I, I went Houston here. So we, I already put Bryce Young on Houston, the idea there. They have a franchise quarterback. Yep, they yep. clearly have a need for a long-term number one wide receiver. Hopefully, John Mechie turns into a good, you know, we probably viewed him as a two coming into the uh, NFL, but otherwise it's Nico Collins, uh, Robert Woods. They bring in Dalton Schultz. That offense is coming together. The offense yeah. line's a little better too. So I think you give them uh, give them a, a long term number one receiver here, and you're feeling good. So I like that landing spot. Stevania, any last ads there? I have them going to the Chargers. Okay, at right. twenty one. Yeah. I, I I think you know with Kellen Moore get creative, and the Chargers like these receivers. But what do they know? They all get hurt, so they're familiar with hamstring <laughs> injuries. They know how mm. that they need depth on their receiving core. I think it's a good place for him. And keep in mind, if you look at the Chargers, like the draft, we always focus in on the year ahead, but it's a multi year projection. And Keenan Allen. Yep going into next offseason is either a contract restructure or a contract release because his cap number has exploded for 2024 to like $35 million, which I'm just telling you when you have Justin Herbert and Joey Bosa and Mike Williams and Derwin James and all these other players under contract that are really, really good, you're not going to be able to afford a player who's like 32 on a $35 million Mm -hmm. cap hit.
Uh, we could do the entire wide receiver board. We got guys like Zay Flowers also in the mix from Boston College. Mm-hmm. Love watching him. Yep. But let's wrap up here with Dalton Kincaid. Dalton, who played at Utah and had a remarkable season this past year, played four years there. I'll give you the first crack, Mike, as your favorite landing spot for Dalton Kincaid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my instinct here was to go uh, with Dallas. Daniel went Dallas, so I'll go with Replace the Bengals. Dalton with a Dalton. That's oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, so I'll, le- I'll leave that one to Daniel. So I picked the Bengals. They did sign earlier today. We're taping this Tuesday. They signed Irv Smith. I'm not sure you go into a season as a potential Super Bowl contender, just saying we're all in with Irv Smith because they don't really have anything else on that depth chart right now. So I still think the Bengals will be in the tight end market. They pick at 28. I think that's around where Kincaid goes. McShay has him at uh, going to Dallas at 26. So, uh, I, I and by the way, good uh, good pass catcher, right? That's what we want in fantasy. Really good, this yeah. isn't a guy that's going to be in line blocking all the time. He's going to be a receiver in the pros. So uh, I love that fit in that Bengals offense. I'd go to Dallas, the same spot that McShay had him going, and a lot of the same thing. Obviously, replacing uh, Dalton Schultz, who's leaves there. I think he would just come in and be a natural fit to be able to take over that tight end spot in this team. Tight, the Cowboys love their tight ends, man. They sure do. Mm-hmm. They do. It's fun. You they got, got rid of one Dalton. <laughs> they did. And why not for? Why not get another uh, Dalton? Well, why not the Lions, Daniel? You think they're going with mm-hmm. Notre Dame? Oh, I don't. I don't know if they're going to go with a first round tight end. That's I, why I don't so, know why. Maybe they should. Maybe I mean, TJ Hawkinson was a big loss. He was, but a big I just loss. think I think the thing that they could take, uh, they could take, uh, is it Meyer or yeah, Mayer? Michael Mayer? Mayer. Yes. Mayer. I, 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 Michael Meyer is uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Michael <laughs> Meyer. scary movie. Um, <laughs> no, but he, the kid from Notre Dame, who's outstanding, but. Dalton Kincaid, very good. I think he would fit in well with the Lions' offense. There's a lot of tight they ends. They need a big tight end. I, I who's have, a pass catcher. They do need a tight end, and they've got a couple of guys, but they don't have the guy, especially after trading TJ Hawkinson. But I have legitimately feel them listening to first draft so much this year. You guys talk about how deep this tight end mm-hmm. class yeah. is. is. I know we don't talk about it for fantasy quite as much. We touched on it a little bit a couple of podcasts ago, but still, a lot of, na- lot of tight end names in general that could just be rattled off the list on days one and two of the NFL yeah, draft. Yeah, it's not like they don't have a Kyle Pitts. And I get your jokes off now. I get it. Kyle Pitts has not exactly uh, Pitts is probably younger. his first two seasons. He is, yeah. <laughs> He's so young. He might be one of the younger players still, in this draft. Like, the point is that like in terms of pedigree coming into the draft, we yeah. knew Kyle Pitts yeah. was going in the top six or seven picks. Like That was the, the, the floor for him was like pick seven. Mm-hmm. He ended up going pick four. We don't have one of those this year. We don't have a guy who... Even if he goes in the top 12, it's not because he is like this otherworldly prospect. We have a lot of really solid tight ends. You mentioned a couple of them, and there are many, many more that we could dive into. And if you want to check out the First Draft Podcast, that's a great way to learn more about those prospects. That's all for this show today. Great stuff, as always, from Stefania and Mike and Daniel. I am Field. Another episode of The Focus is back later on this week. Liz Loza will be joining the show yeah. with plenty of her usual insight. We'll talk to you guys then. Your nipples say goodbye, Mike? I'm going to go lift now and take my shirt off. Wow. Post some selfies. Please don't. Surprising. He's a NASCAR guy with a basement shrine, a Lakeford fan for life. Charges are off to a terrible start, but that won't change his mind. Matching up all the cornerbacks, 